You're listening to The Classroom Collaborative Podcast with your hosts, Dee Dee Wills Ed Rock And Adam Peterson Here we go We're so glad you're here Let's get started All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. As always, I am Adam Peterson, joined again by... Hi, I'm Dee Dee Wills. And it's been forever. I feel like we've said that the last few episodes. I know, I know. Golly, it's a, it's a crazy time. You've you've been traveling again, which is awesome. I love seeing your, your adventures. And you've been busy, too. I, I just got off a call with, with our good friend, um, Lori Elliott, who was telling me about something yes. fun you guys just put out. Yeah, I mean, we, we're working on um, project-based learning because Lori is, you know, the queen of yes. project-based learning. And if you haven't caught that episode that she shared in the past um, on that, that's a great, it's a great one. Um, and every time, you know, she and I, I've listened to her or she and I talk about it, I always think, yeah, that sounds great, but it feels overwhelming. And I feel like, um, you know, for teachers to, to, to take on a project-based learning feels Huge, and yeah. so we put our heads together, and how could we make project-based learning um, something that um, are, is doable? So that's that's what we worked on, and put together a little fire safety um, little project that uh, teachers are really excited about. So it was it's just an honor to spend time with her, um, and then learn from her, and then ultimately work with her. So I'm, yeah. I was really glad. I'm excited to check it out. She was telling me all about it, and. It sounds really, really cool. And it, it yeah. kind of sparked our, our discussion of what we're going to chat about today with with play and, and keeping kids engaged. Yes. Is really that's that's so, so important right now. And um right. I've been I've been busy, I know, since I talked to you last I know you've been busy. Brand new classroom set up. I'm so excited about this. And I kind of have an opportunity to, to one of my see one of my goals, and I know I've told you this story many, many times. Trish and I would love if you know if if we if there was no cost to it at all and, and money wasn't an option, we would love to open our own school and, and just teach the way that, that we want to. And nothing against the public schools that are out there because she teaches the one that is great, but right. teach without limits, you know, and, yes. and, and kind of do with the way the things that we want to without the state guiding and mandating everything we have to do. So I had this opportunity here in our hometown to rent a little space with a friend of mine who is a private practice speech pathologist I taught all three of her kids um, and she's phenomenal. What she does. She's like one of the, just, it makes speech therapy as, as fun as it can be. Right. And I was talking to her about the need for some play-based learning in our town because a lot of the, the pre-K programs weren't able to open this year, either due to lack of funding or lack of numbers. Like there, there are whole right. schools that weren't able to open because they didn't get enough people who were, who were comfortable sending their children back to a preschool setting. Right. So I reached out to her and I, I started thinking like, there's got to be something that we can do. What can we do to just offer something? So I'm offering, we're calling an early learning experience in this, this little office that I have set up and a little classroom I've set up and I get to teach through play. And it's, it's been so, so perfect. Cool. I'm, I'm having a blast with it. I've only met a few of my kids so far. I've met them all, but we've had group a couple of times. So I have, um, we're trying to do it in the most safe way possible, but I have right. a group of three little cousins that come to see me. So they're, they're together all day at grandma's house and they come see me for an hour and we get to play games and, and learn. Oh, how fun. And then I had a, a little guy yesterday who's, who just turned five and he's in a pre-K program, but it's only happening like two days a week. So the other days he comes to see me for an hour and, and we get to, we get to learn through play and it's awesome. It's so much fun. And 
that's why, you know, with your PBL that you're doing with Lori and, and the idea of play, I think this is a perfect time to talk about, you know, play in an, an ever-changing world. We keep saying like in 2020, but that's going to be gone soon. So Right, right. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to the end of 2020 and, and never have to <laughs> revisit this year. A lot of really good things have happened this year, though. Um, oh, yeah. So we don't want to discount those. I think teachers should really be uh, giving themselves a pat on the back. Um, oh if they're gosh. still, if they're still sane, even if they're a little insane, still pat yourself on the back. Um, <laughs> I know that this is probably for for teachers by far the hardest uh, year in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that you you probably picked up some skills you didn't know you would ever have. Right. Um, and so, what we thought would be when Adam and I were talking about what we were going to talk about today, we really thought about how can we bring in that fun element, that special sauce that makes school fun for students and school fun for teachers. How can we bring that play element? Um, whether you're teaching, basically you have to have a, a like kind of a social distanced kind yeah. of att- attempt at, at teaching. So maybe it's, uh, or play. So maybe it's, um, if you're teaching virtually or if you're all in the same classroom, how are you having students work together in a play act um, atmosphere or how are you doing this um, as a part of a whole group instruction? So that's what we wanted to explore today. Is that right, Adam? Is that what we said? (laughs) And it it can be done. It can be done super easily because a lot of this, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time on my other podcast and in my book that, that play doesn't have to be all of this stuff, right? Like a lot of people in yeah. the word play, they think blocks and kitchen sets and trains and Legos and which is great. I'm not saying get rid of that stuff, but it right. doesn't take that, you know, it doesn't take the stuff. Um, it, it's about keeping your kids engaged and active and enjoying what they're doing. And right. I know we, Didi and I both know all of you teachers are doing that anyway, but we want to chat with you about how can we, how can we keep them engaged? How can we keep them active and use some of that stuff that you have and, and really just make it the most enjoyable experience possible this year. And that, that's the right. thing I know you and I have talked quite a bit about, like, is this going to be the best year ever? Probably not, but you can make it the best year possible, you know, just by being you as a teacher. And I think that's an important thing to remember that kids are going to feed off of you this year. And I mean, they do yeah. every year, but you know, and if you go into this, and if you're still into this with the, oh, I can't believe we're doing it this way mentality, then kids are going to start to realize that. And I, I feel, you know, I feel kind of hypocritical saying that because I'm not in a full-blown classroom right now. So I don't know exactly right. what you're going through, but right. I see it in, in Trisha every day when she comes home and I see how hard she's working, but she's making right. it as fun as she possibly can. And okay. So I'm writing that down. Maybe not the best year ever, but the best year possible. Yeah. I put a quote on that on Instagram. Um, back when the year started that said, teachers, remember this might not be this year ever, but the best year possible. And it got a lot of feedback because it's something we forget, you know? Yes. It's not right. going to be right. And I, it came from, because I put something up, said, um, it came from, I, I like turning negatives into positives. You know, <laughs> So somebody, I don't remember who it was cause I probably ignored the comment, but I put a comment up about like getting ready for the best year ever. And someone commented and said, I'm not going to have the best year ever with all these restrictions in place. I'm like, Oh, I feel bad for your students. <laughs> like, like this sounds terrible, but come on. Like, yeah. like yes, it's not going to be, but you have to do what you can to make it the best possible because for your students, I mean, this is still their first year in your classroom, right? Like if you're a kindergarten right. teacher, this right. is still their first year of school. Like we can't make just it fun. 
ignore that it's that, you know, make it. So what are some things, what are some things like, maybe we break it down to, um, two things, two play like things you can do on a virtual in virtual teaching world and maybe two, um, play like things you can do if you're face to face Yeah, and still be, and still be, um, following healthy guidelines. Right. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things with the virtual right now, and I know we've talked about this company and these amazing friends of ours so many times is ESGI. But one of the things I've been preaching about and sharing with teachers and Trisha has been using it with her virtual students is their new bingo feature. So if you're not an ESGI user, you can sign up today for free, no credit card required, esgisoftware.com, promo code podcast, spelled out P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And there's a feature in there. And here's the other thing. Not only is this fun, but it takes a ton of work off of you as a teacher. Because what it does is allows you to virtually or in-person assess your students. But if we're talking straight up virtual, you can assess your students virtually by sharing your screen with simple, easy assessments that are there. But then they have this new feature called Bingo, where you can create customized bingo boards with a click of a button based on your students' most recent data. So it it is so cool. Like it populates a bingo board for each of your kids based on their assessments. So you don't have to and say like, okay, Didi needs to work on this. So I'm going to put these on her bingo board (laughs) a lot. Or Adam needs to work on these things. I'm going to put this on his bingo board. It automatically does it for your students. So cool. Because it's all virtual, you can then just, you know, send that PDF to the families to print out. Or if you're someone who's, you know, dropping supplies off, you know, at the house, you can print those out for them and have them there. And then you can play bingo virtually. And, and it's, it's so much fun and not only fun, but it's, it's, um, there's a purpose to it because it's, it's right on student needs. Right. Right. But, but you don't need that either. Like, obviously we're going to say use ESGI because it's going to help you. But bingo is one of those things that you can easily create a bingo board in, in Google Slides or PowerPoint or Word or, right. or whatever it may be, you know? Right. Just make a five by five table and right. fill it with skills need, kids need to work on. And right. it's one of those things that can easily be done, whether you're printing them out and taking the students' homes or you're sending them home in a take-home packet. Right. Um, bingo is probably the easiest game to play over a virtual setting. There's, there's nothing that's easier, I think, you know? Right. Every time. Okay. So I'm going to take a little catwalk here. Um, but every time I think of bingo, <laughs> I, I think of the first time I went to like a casino to play bingo <laughs> and like, I'd never understood. I mean, I was an adult. We went with some friends and I, so we got all, we got like, you get those cards and you can get like a whole bunch of cards or like a, few. Like a whole table's worth. <laughs> yeah. So we said, well, let's get a bunch of cards. So we, it was the most stressful moment of my life. <laughs> So I'm sitting there and we're all sitting there. We're looking for things. They're calling out number. We're looking, we're looking. We can't, we're not, we thought, oh, this would be a nice social event. No, we couldn't talk to each other. We had to focus. So then there was this lady who was sitting across from us and she had like a cigarette, like hanging out of her mouth, like, but, but barely. And she had like these troll dolls in front of her. We might need to edit this out. She had these troll <laughs> dolls in front of her no, that were like her good luck. This. I know. They like good luck charms. And then she had all these bingo dabbers. So she was being, she was like dabbing hers and then she'd go over and dab ours because we would miss things. 
It was hilarious. Just, boom, 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 boom. It's it's so fun. Uh, yeah, those places are intense, aren't they? Those bingo halls. I know, we left. We were so stressed out. We were like, "Oh my gosh, what just you know, happened?" So you know it's funny you say that. That was one of my favorite memories as a kid. So where I grew up was a tiny little town, a town of seven hundred people. And um, every year, there's this huge. Uh, I say huge, but there's this big fair, <laughs> fair and rodeo, and it's it's known as the. The and biggest, 800 people are there, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's known as the the biggest little rodeo in the Midwest is what it's called. Nice. The New Windsor nice. Fair and Rodeo. And they always had a pavilion that was run by one of the local churches that was the bingo pavilion. And, oh gosh. And you got to play, I think it was a quarter a card. And this is one of my favorite memories of my grandpa and grandma who are have passed away years ago now. But like I will never forget sitting and playing bingo with them. And you use kernels of corn to cover up oh, your pieces. It's like perfect. It's one of my favorite memories is being go with grandma perfect. and grandpa at the at the local fair. But right. yeah, bingo halls are intense. I you know my love of, and we've talked about this before because I think you said Matt watches it too, um, is the show Impractical Jokers. It's one of my oh favorite my shows in the world. Yes. There's an episode where one of their punishments is they send one of them into a bingo hall and every time on the other end they say bingo that person has to stand up and say bingo. So they do it like even after like two numbers are called and the place goes crazy. Like these people look like they're about to kill him. I know it's legit. It's like a legit sport. It's a sporting event. People are like stretching out before they go. (laughs) Okay. So maybe, Uh, maybe maybe we won't make it that intense for your little kiddos. Right. But uh, bingo would be a great, a great game. Like you said, you can set it home. Um, you could do it virtually. Uh, well, another way to do it, it virtually that would be easy is so you're not having to have parents like constantly print things off or you're not is just make some make some grids in PowerPoint or Google Slides or whatever it may be, laminate them, get them to your students somehow, whether it's, you know, I, and I think most schools, regardless where you are, if you're virtual, you've done like a pickup day or you're sending home stuff and they have pickup days, right. whatever it may be. So if you can make some laminated ones, and then put some student interest into it too, because that's a big part of this. The engagement factor, a lot of time comes from them being interested in it. So allow your students to create their own boards. You know, just send them a blank laminated sheet and a dry erase marker and say, all right, kids, today we're going to play bingo. I want you to fill your board with letters we've worked on or fill your board with sight words we've worked on. Right. And, and just give them the, the skill to put into their own board. Give them a little bit of time. Maybe you're going to say you have it ready before the Zoom call starts, or the Google Meet starts, whatever it is. And then play bingo with with things that interest them, you know? So right, right, right. it doesn't have to be a pre-made thing. It could be something you do as a class. Very good. Very good. I love that idea. So bingo is one of them. Yeah, um, another if, one if, that oh, – go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Go. You're on a, well, on a roll. Another one that I've been, I've been doing and, and can really easily be done is um, – the. And we all know this – the card game War, right? Like yeah. get your kids a deck of cards. Deck of cards you can get at Dollar Tree. You can get on Amazon – um, I think Dollar Tree can get two decks of cards for a buck, but chances are most families, and again, I know, you know, equity is different everywhere, but right. most families have a deck of cards somewhere, right? Like, and I right. feel bad saying most families, cause maybe that doesn't apply to where you live again, right. where I'm at. It's, it's a whole different than a, a big city population. But, um, if you, again, if you have a pickup day or you can get them a deck of cards or even make virtual ones, you know, whatever it may be, or some that they can print off. It doesn't have to be a store-bought deck of cards, right? Right. Or if you live near a casino, go get the free ones that they give out. <laughs> I know. And say hi to my troll lady there. There you go. <laughs> the troll lady. I'm never uh. going to forget that. But um, anyway, so Trish and I were talking about this recently because she's she loves playing high-low or war or battle, whatever you call it, with your kids. 
And she's like, I still want to keep that alive with my little ones at home. And I right. was thinking, it doesn't have to be, you know, student against student or team against team. We love playing games called teacher versus student, right? So right. you could do, to keep it virtual, um, before we get to the classroom yet, you could have every child has their own deck of cards at home, or even just a few cards, sometimes you a whole deck of cards, you know, just a few cards if you want to split them up. That was one idea I said too in, in I think it was something Trish and I were talking about was you can go get two decks of cards for a buck, a dollar tree. To play the game of war, each child doesn't need a whole deck of cards. So give them a half a deck and now you've supplied four students for a dollar, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, you could have them all say, all right, boys and girls, today I want you to turn your screen on. We're going to play war, but we're going to play teacher versus student. So every child has their own deck of cards at home. And you have a deck in your classroom at your house, wherever you are teaching. And it's, it's not everybody against everybody. It's each individual child against you. So one, two, three, hold up your card. And the student has to compare their card against the one you're holding up. And you could play it greater wins or less wins. And then if we think about the traditional game of war, the way you win is when you collect the cards from another person, right? Well, we can't collect these cards over a virtual screen. So I came up with the idea, why not do tally marks? So every time you beat the teacher, you get a tally mark. And when you get 10 tally marks, you win the game or whatever it is. Or, um, you know, if you're a higher level teacher, maybe every time they get a card, they write down a number and you're practicing counting by twos, you know, so they, they have two points and they have four points and they have five points. So whatever the, the score is, quote unquote score that you're using, you're not collecting cards because we're doing it virtually. You're, you're just keeping score based on whether or not you beat the teacher over that game. And the cool part is, is then every single child is playing at the same time and you're not really having to worry about turn, taking turns and, you know, the, 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 boring factor of just watching someone else play a game on a screen, right? Right. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, another another thing that you could do is kind of like like a stump the students kind of activity. Oh, yeah. So um, one of the things that I always love to do is to ask questions and then give um, clues towards the answers and students have to build those clues in order to solve the problem, right? So um I was like, it's kind of like an escape room, except for it's not like escape room at all. So basically what it would be would be like, I, let's just say I have, um, it's nice if I had like phonemic awareness cards with me, you know, mm-hmm. picture cards. Um, and so maybe you have a picture of a, a lamp, right? right. So, um, and then you're thinking of all the different ways that you could use that particular picture. So the teacher would pull the card. It would be a secret. And then, so the teacher would give a clue to the students. Okay. The first clue would be, um, this is something that you would find in your house. Right. And then have students draw a picture of what they think that would be, hold it up to the screen. Right. And so you would have, Oh, you know, it would be a refrigerator. It would be a TV. It would be okay. So that would be the first clue. So go ahead and erase up. Most students are not going to get it on the first one. So then the second clue would be um, it starts with this sound or it starts with this letter, right? Or it ends with this letter, depending on kind of where you are in the year. Then students go ahead and they, oh, it starts with the ul sound. So could it be a, um, you know, a light bulb? Could it be a, I don't know, lantern? I don't think my example, my first example was really great. <laughs> lantern, that's good. <laughs> lantern. Yeah, because, you know. Well, you've we been out got, camping. That's where you are. <laughs> we we just got back from our covered wagon trip. And so I have my lantern. 
Um, could it be, you know, so then, then you could say it rhymes with, or it has four letters or it has, you know, just kind of depending on who's listening right now. If you're a first grade teacher, obviously you'll be using different yeah. skills, but it rhymes with, so you can also do animals. You could do just different types of classification. So it's a mammal, depending on where you are in the year, maybe you're talking about something on the farm. So it's a farm animal. Um, it's a farm animal and it lays eggs. So it can't be the pig, but anyhow, students are thinking about all of those clues that you've given, drawing a, a response and then showing it. Now at the beginning of the year, all of those are going to look like amoebas because they're going to be like <laughs> heads with sticks sticking out of them. Um, well, but also like it's such a, that's a, automatically differentiated task too, because some kids might be writing on the word or some kids might be drawing the picture right. you know, and it's, it's right. I was just thinking, you're talking like this could be so much fun too to to allow the students to take charge of this. If yes, they, you, know, you could say like, "All right, Didi, it's your turn. Send me a private chat in the Zoom of what you want the next clue to be, and then, or right. just turn it over to them and say, "All right, you know, Didi, it's your turn. You give the clues." Right, right. And let the so, students take charge. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be, I think it would be a fun way to just have a kind of a moment break in between, you know, transition from one thing to another, but it would still be a little bit of game-like. You know, I always did um, be a mind reader with the word wall, uh, sort of the same idea of of that word study game that you would do. Do you know how that works? No. Should I? (laughs) Well, if you've been around the block for a while, Patricia Cunningham had a game called – do you even know who Patricia Cunningham is? I don't. Sorry. No. Okay. So she goes way back. But she Does that has make a book, me a bad teacher? <laughs> not at all. Um, yes, but no. Okay. No, it doesn't make you bad. Patricia Cunningham had uh, a book called Phonics They Use. It's been out for a long time. She's she was one of the kind of developers of the four block approach to reading instruction. Some of those okay. ideas are great. Some of them we realize aren't great, but. One of the things that she talks about um, is be a mind reader. So if you have a word wall or if you've transitioned to a sound wall, the same idea would would work. So the way that it works is the teacher says, I'm thinking of a word and it's on the word wall. I'm just going to use word wall. Oh, yeah, okay. That's it, okay. And so the students write numbers one, two, three, four, five, okay? So I'm thinking of a word, it's on the word wall. So all the students are like, okay, that's really not a great clue because... It could be any of those words. So on number one, they just write a word. So let's say for number one, they write the word the. Second clue is um, my word is on the word wall. Do you see I'm putting my hand up to my forehead? <laughs> like Johnny like Johnny Carson did on the Tonight Show. You don't even know who he is either. I know who he no. is. And I know what okay. you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so How the young second, do you think I am? <laughs> So the second clue, let's say, let's say the word is, um, was, okay. That's the word I have. So the second clue is that it has three letters. So the student who wrote the said, oh, it could still be the, right? So they write the again, the student who had thought it was the word like now knows it can't be like, it has to be a word that has three letters on it. Meanwhile, students are looking the whole time. They're looking at the word wall. Mm-hmm. And if students are at home, you would have a paper word wall, right? You'd have a, a word wall for them to have at home. Or you could have it displayed on your Zoom screen if you right. wanted to, right? Um, then the third clue could be it rhymes with this word. Or it um, – usually I use rhyme. It would rhyme with the word was – buzz, probably not. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> was uh, – 
Was. Because. <laughs> I can't think of, why can I not think of words that rhyme? Fuzz. Fuzz. <laughs> Very good. So then the students who thought it was the word Bob's like, oh, can't be that one. So they uh-huh. would quickly switch it. Um, you could say it has this letter in it. You could say it ends with this sound. It starts with this sound, depending on where you are in the year. You can also, then you also want to put it in context. So it goes into this sentence. There blank a black dog named Ozzy, right? <laughs> so they would, they would use that and that's how they would verify it. So the, what's happening during this whole time, one, feels like a game. Two, with each row, they're writing sight words. So yeah. each time they're, write, they're writing the word the, was, maybe they wrote the three times and then change it to was and was, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're just practicing. But they're also familiarized, getting familiar with the, um, the word wall. So I love that. Well, yeah, th- my favorite thing about that too is, is you know, in, in, in my book, we talk about the definition of play all the time. I keep mentioning my book. I, I think we've talked about that on here before. Oh, Adam did. <laughs> Teach, Adam play, did, learn on, on oh, Amazon. Did you, have a, did you have a book, Adam? <laughs> I think I did. Teach, play, learn. If you don't have it yet, go check it out, please. Teach, it, play, it, learn on Amazon. Legitimately, it's a great book, you guys, well, if you haven't, you. Wa- haven't even read it yet. But it's yeah, great. Ozzy and Harriet thought so too. <laughs> yeah. They ate, they ate the first copy I got. Um, never forget that picture in your, your face you were so bad but yeah i talk about the definition all the time and the definition of play we already mentioned it once at the beginning of this episode that that it uses the terms enjoyment activity and engagement and and part of it too is that we need to remember that that doesn't always mean you know with your body it can be in with your brain as well and in this right. virtual setting that game you just mentioned is perfect for that because their brains are actively working like nothing else when they're trying to think about all those different things that yeah. you're saying. You know, it rhymes, it has three letters, it's on the word wall. Okay, how can I put that together? And right. they're going to be engaged because they want to be the one that gets it too, you know? Right. I, and I think some of the, sometimes when you play these games, teachers can – this should be a fast activity. It yes. should not be – 14 minutes of be a mind reader. It should be super quick. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, is everybody ready? It's like, you got to move on. You got to move on. You got to move on. And what um, I, when, when I was in the classroom, I would be walking around and looking at their, their paper or their board mm-hmm. just to make sure that they have things down um, so that you don't have the student wait to the end and then writes everything down. Right. So right. you could do the same thing. You say quickly show me and everybody holds it up. If they don't show it, then, because, you know, you always have those cheaters. Right. Uh, what? You know, what? <laughs> Adam, I feel like you might have been a cheater in school. Hey. Yeah, I probably I, was. I know. I feel like you might have been a cheater. But, you know, you want to have – because what you don't want to have do is students passively sit there and not yeah. not be working on that. So you, so you want to go quickly. You want to have a little check for understanding. Obviously, the first time you do this, maybe you start with, like, three clues. That's it. Maybe the first time you do it, you do it with two clues, but then you build up to it so that they get used to the routine. Um, it was a great time filler that we would do. You know, don't have enough time to do this, but too much time to do nothing. So we just would use this as a fill-in. So it was a great, great way. And if you're not, you don't remember all of those stats that I just said, uh, I mean, obviously you can watch this, listen to this again, <laughs> but um, I also have it on my blog. Or if you Google Patricia Cunningham, uh, be a mind reader, uh, that would be, I'm sure, I'm sure that's somewhere out there that you can get off the, off the world wide web. That's perfect. You know, as you're saying that with word wall stuff too, I'm, I'm thinking of all these word wall games that we would do. And, 
in my classroom when I was still teaching kindergarten, we we would review word wall words every day. Like it was part of our morning routine to review our words and learn new words. But right. we always had um, part of our calendar block or morning meeting block. Um, we called something on Wednesdays. We called it Word Wall Wednesdays. And on Wednesdays, we would play some type of word wall game. I mean, the other days week we were still playing games, but we were, you know, not spending as much time on the word of the week or, uh-huh. or the words plural of the week, whatever it was. But on Wednesdays, they knew it was going to be a word wall game day. And in the classroom, that was easy. We could do tons of different ones, right? Because you could do circle games and all kinds of stuff. But um, over a virtual space, I'm thinking of ones that my kids has loved the most. And one of them was the most basic thing in the world. And we called it sports spelling. And what it was, was I just went down to the die cut machine or printed off pictures of different sports um, items, like whether it was a, a, you know, a football or a basketball or a hockey puck or a soccer ball or even a fishing bobber. And I think, I don't know if this was a Dr. Gene idea or where I got this idea from. It was not my original creation. I saw this somewhere, but it would be easy to do over a virtual study because what it was, was we would take the word or words that we were working on for the week. And I had a little basket of all these printed off or die cut pictures and our helper of the day, whoever got to come up and pick one out of our sports spelling basket. And if it was the, the bobber, everybody stood up and we would spell the sight word pretending to be a fisherman. So it was, um, we would say, all right, the word is was, and we would go was, and we would cast it out. You know, we'd pretend to cast right. it. And then we would reel it in as we spelled. So it was W-A-S. So we caught it, pull it in, was, you know? Right. And, or if it was basketball, it was dribble, 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 shoot. So it was W-A-S, shoot the ball on was. And I'm just right. thinking, like, how easy would that be to have your kids stand up rather than sitting in front of their computer at home and right. do those types of activities? And you could think of that for every type of sport, you know, whether it's volleyball, you know, you're, you're setting the ball and then spiking it on the word or, or any type of thing, you know? It's or it, or it may ki- in my case with volleyball, going to the doctor to get your finger x-ray because you broke it. <laughs> um, I had a, I had a set of cheers. Um, it, it's in a, not your mother's sight words. I don't know, 30 cheers or something like that, but you can oh, also, yeah. you can also, so if you have that, it's there. Um, I gave it out as part of a webinar free file. Um, but you can also, again, Google sight word cheers and mm-hmm. there's a gazillion of them. So that's also a great way. You know, we did opera singer cowboy was like, my class's favorite. Do you know the cowboy cheer? <laughs> I got to see it. <laughs> you turn around backwards in your chair. Okay. And then you you lasso. <laughs> hey, listen, Central Missouri. I wish, I wish everybody could be seeing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> then you lasso for each word and then you throw it um, yeah. you know, and get that cow um, when you say the word. So, yeah. I mean, those are just so many different ones. You have the robot and then you do take me to your leader kind of thing with your arms. Remember like danger, real Robinson kind of move with your arm. So yeah, there's a lot of different cheers. So those are, that's just a way to add. I know that teachers know some of them, but if, if you haven't thought of that in a long time, hopefully that's a reminder. That's a really fun thing to do. Well, and I love that you, you keep bringing these things up because I know we kind of said games over virtual space, but I love that this has kind of gone into a more um, true play talk rather than just games, you know, because this is yeah. all play-based and play-driven learning when they're getting to be active kids, you know, and I, I would challenge anyone to argue this point that I don't care what grade level you teach, they are going to love learning in that way. Like, yeah, I can picture my daughter as a seventh grader. She would love to have to get up and act like a robot on on the the screen with her kid. They would love it. They would. 
So this whole idea of play can be done in, in so many different ways. And, and I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are amazing uh, ideas there. And I, I, I know you, Didi, you said you were going to turn it over to me, but I love what you just came up with there. And uh, it makes me want to share this episode with Trisha right now, because I know she's got some virtual students who are, are loving it. And she's got some others who are like, Mrs. Peterson, I just want to play a game. You know, I want to get up and move. So yeah, I'm sure there's teachers everywhere that are thinking that right now. And this is hopefully you guys got something out of this that you can go do tomorrow with your, your kiddos. We have a lot more that we want to talk about in this this play idea, but we also want to take the it back to the classroom, right? Right, right, right. To, so, so maybe next time we'll talk, we'll chat. Uh, make sure you join us. We'll chat about how to keep this kind of same stuff alive, but in an in-person safe setting, or even in a hybrid yeah. setting. You know, if you're doing one or the other or both, right, um, right. In the meantime, if I haven't already mentioned it, go check out my book. I, I love, I keep saying it. I'm not just trying to sell you all a book, but um, one of the things that I keep saying that the reason I keep saying it for is because I've heard from so many parents who have picked this up as well. And I think that's my favorite part of releasing the book when we did was yeah. um, I've had parents email me and say, I'm not even a teacher. And I bought your book because I'm teaching my kids at home right now. And we're finding so many good ideas. So I would love yeah. it. And if you, if you do have it, I would love for you to go write a review on Amazon. Um, Didi already did a review because she was an endorsement part of the book. Thank you again for that awesome, awesome piece you did. But uh, well, you're welcome. Yeah. I was just out. thinking, did I put an, did I write on Amazon or did I just write in your book for your book? I don't know. I don't know. I meant in the I, book is what I meant. You you are well, yeah. in the book. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Uh, I'm not expecting to. You your your endorsement in the book was was more than than enough from you. So yeah. Thank. No, but I I really it was one of those books that um you know if you were to look on my desk I have so many books right, right. and so when I got it uh, I didn't get it in a book form I got it in a PDF form because I got it like early but um it was one of those things where like Adam said, would you, would you review this? And I thought, okay. I thought, well, I'll just spend some time kind of thumbing <laughs> through it. Right. Uh, and it wasn't a thumb through. It was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like turning the page, turning the Thank page, you. turning the page because, and I'm, I would have just said, Adam, if that wasn't the case, I said, oh yeah, it's a good book, you know, like <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, but it was really one of those books that every page just was like, this is a great idea. This is a great idea. Oh, I'd forgotten about that kind of an activity. And I love your take on it. So they aren't, um, you know, it's, they're not huge things, but they Wait. will hugely probably grammatically incorrect. They will definitely okay. impact the way that you teach. They're small Small things that have big results, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, thank you. And that really, that was You're the welcome. point of, of what it was going to be about was, I mean, I'm not a, a researcher at all. I don't, I'm not a doctorate of this area. I know there are many other play-based people out there who probably know so much more about it when it comes to the brain than I do. But this Dr. Was play. Just, Dr. Play. This was just, I tell people all the time, the quote I keep using is, this was 13 years of my experience in a kindergarten classroom and my heart poured out on the pages of what I thought was important and fun for my kids and work. Yeah. And it was things yeah. that worked. They were tried and true things that worked. So well, I think sometimes people me... sometimes people think, oh my gosh, if I'm gonna have a play base, that means I gotta go get a kitchen, I gotta go get this, right. I gotta get all the things. And it's really not the things, it's the the approach. Yeah, I think we kind of proved that in that episode today too, the when we talked about yeah. all this stuff. Doesn't I don't think anything we talked about today included stuff, right? No. That's my not favorite really. part of this. So yeah, join yeah. us next time, everyone. Um, we're going to talk more about play in the classroom using that stuff you already have. I think that's right. going to be part of next episode is 
not right. going out and buying new things. Use what you got, and we're going to share some ideas with you there. But until then, uh, thanks. This is a good hey, one. Hey, thanks, you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Classroom Collaborative Podcast. If you are enjoying these episodes, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you are finding them. And share and rate it so others can find it as well. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.